0: Alright everybody, Logan Alec here, going to have some more fun with today's video because in today's video I'm going to tell you the tales of ten athletes who were once at the top of their game, the top of their field, top of the world, making millions of dollars a year, living a lifestyle that any one of us would easily envy, but through poor decisions and financial choices and personal choices, they lost a lot of money, and in some cases all their money. I'm going to talk about ten such examples here and what we can learn from each of them. This video is ranked by my estimate of who lost the least to who lost the most as a percentage of their net worth, so the stories are going to get increasingly worse and worse. And of course, this video is purely for entertainment, no one knows these athletes' true net worth unless they personally disclose it, of course. Now listen up, because these numbers are going to be big, they won't even seem real, but of course there is a lesson to be learned from each one. Let's start with number 10, Olympic figure skater Tanya Harding. Who compared to others on this list, didn't lose all that much money given that everything fell apart before she could even reach the peak of her career. If you know the story, you know that Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Gillily, hired a hitman to break Harding's competitor and reigning U.S. figure skating champion Nancy Kerrigan's right knee, and on January 6, 1994, one day before the U.S. Figure Skating Championship First Lady Single Competition, the hitman attacked Nancy Kerrigan, swinging a 21-inch ASP telescopic baton at her right leg, and although he didn't break her knee, Kerrigan's leg was severely bruised and she was not able to compete, and Tanya Harding won the U.S. Figure Skating Championship two days later. There wasn't enough evidence to implicate Harding for criminal charges of being involved in the planning and execution of this attack, but evidence came out clear enough to implicate her in the cover-up and she pleaded guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution. She was slammed with probation and a six-figure fine. However, the United States Figure Skating Association met later that year and concluded that Harding did have prior knowledge of the attack and was involved prior to the attack. Of course, their standards for evidence are lower than criminal standards, but as a result of their investigation, the association stripped Harding of her 1994 U.S. championship and banned her for life from participating in United States Figure Skating Association events, either as a skater or a coach. So at 23 years old, Tanya Harding uh, lost her income from skating, she lost sponsorship opportunities her reputation was tarnished. Uh, She went on to earn the majority of her income from paid interviews, at first charging up to six hundred thousand dollars. That eventually ran out of steam, Harding ventured uh, into boxing, acting, and even low-key jobs like landscaping and house painting. Most recently, Harding earned at least one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to dance with the stars, so apart from perhaps some early income from speaking gigs, And the one-off opportunities like Dancing with the Stars, Tanya Harding's net worth is probably quite average these days, at least compared to the multi-million, possibly even eight-figure net worth of other prime figure skaters who enjoyed long careers and fame in the profession. So what are the takeaways here from Harding's sad story? Number one, don't marry an idiot. Number two, always have a backup plan. If your job, your business, your primary source of income fail, do you have something else lined up that you can do to make money? better yet, do you have multiple streams of income to get you through those tough times? If you want to learn more about my personal approach to personal finance, be sure to check out my Prosper course, link in the description below, there's a coupon code down there as well. Number nine, Dan Marino. What happened to Dan Marino is basically what happens today when people go all in on a stock, and worse than that, all in on a stock they really don't know much about. The former Miami Dolphins quarterback invested a hefty amount of money into a Hollywood visual effects company called Digital Domain, which on paper looked really good because of their cool work in Titanic, Transformers, and other high-budget films. When the company made a hologram of the late rapper Tupac Shakur at Coachella in 2012, Marino was so impressed that he put in 14.5 million dollars of his hard-earned money into the stock at its peak price, but a year later completely tanked, and Marino lost $13.6 million of his initial investment. However, Marino is still in decent financial shape today and is estimated to be worth around $35 million. But again, assuming he started with a net worth of, say, $50 million, that kind of a decrease is still a big loss even to a multimillionaire. Marino's story is a good reminder that we should never be too confident about one company, and for the love of all things investing, diversify your portfolio. Number eight is another famed ice skater, Dorothy Hamill, The Olympic gold medalist was skating and minding her own business when, of course, her now ex-husband convinced her to invest millions into what was basically a traveling ice skating circus, one that, surprisingly, went bankrupt, she went bankrupt as well. In 1996, it was revealed she was $1.6 million in debt, but Hamill seems to have learned her lesson. In 2018, Hamill told CNBC, The good news is I finally found people that are trustworthy. As an athlete, you don't learn all these things. You're just focused on training. As of today, Hamill's net worth is estimated to be a comfortable $5 million. And this is sourced from celebritynetworth.com. Okay, so take it with a grain of salt. I don't think that site really has any deep knowledge of celebrities' net worth, but it sounds fairly reasonable to me. So, what's the lesson we can take uh, from Dorothy Hamill's tale? It is that you should not trust the money matters in your relationship to someone else. Be it your spouse or your partner, you need to learn this stuff for yourself. There are too many people in relationships where the other spouse or partner, oh, you know, they handle the money stuff. No, everybody needs to become financially literate on their own and learn about things like saving and budgeting and investing. Number seven, Michael Vick. Shortly after signing a 10 year, $130 million contract with the Philadelphia Eagles, the former NFL quarterback's career turned upside down when his dogfighting scandal broke loose and angered the whole nation. Because in America, let's face it, as beloved as football is, dogs are more so. Vic ended up in prison and lost two seasons worth of that sweet NFL money, and when he finally came back to playing full time, he was getting paid at way lower rates. Before the scandal, Vic made almost 60 million dollars in the NFL. As of 2021, his net worth was only 16 million dollars but it appears that Vic has learned his lesson and has since then become an animal rights advocate. The money lesson is really simple here, and it's simply this, don't engage in legal activities at the peak of your career or right before signing a two million dollar endorsement deal with Nike. If you ever come into money and develop hobbies that seem even the tiniest bit illegal, rethink them immediately. However, I applaud Michael Vic for recognizing his mistakes and moving forward gracefully. Number six, Evander Holyfield possibly one of the most notable names in boxing, Evander Holyfield was at the top of his game in the 80s and 90s. According to the BBC, which is probably a more accurate source for celebrity net worth than CelebrityNetwork.com, Holyfield once had a net worth of $230 million. And by the way, even though Mike Tyson famously bit Holyfield's ear at the MGM Grand in 1997, Holyfield still earned $35 million from that fight alone, but with great money comes great responsibility, and soon Holyfield like many regular people, got swept up in child support and the 2008 housing crisis. Holyfield bought a mansion that reportedly cost him at least one million dollars per year to upkeep, and in 2008 he ended up selling it for a fraction of what he bought it for. Additionally, Holyfield had 11 mouths to feed, five baby mamas to deal with, and by the time he was reported to be broke in 2012, he owed half a million dollars in child support and maintenance alone. As of 2021, his net worth is estimated to be in the low seven figures. That's a staggering, Lost from his original earnings and his lifetime potential, but things seem to be looking up for the boxing legend. Holyfield told BBC Sport in 2015, "I made 230 million dollars in the first half, so I've still got reasons to live." There are lots of lessons to be learned from Holyfield's story, but one big one is this: don't buy too much house. Just because you can qualify for a mortgage on a $300,000 home, on a $700,000 home, on a, on a $1.2 million home, doesn't mean you should buy a home that expensive. As with everything, with housing, you should live below your means so you can build that emergency fund, pay off debt, and invest as much as possible. Number five, O.J. Simpson. Once upon a time, certainly before 1994, former NFL star running back O.J. Simpson had ten million dollars in the bank, which is equivalent to around eighteen million dollars today. Then it all changed when he may or may not have done something to lose it all. As I'm sure all of you know, in 1994, O.J. Simpson was arrested and charged with the murders of Nicole Simpson Brown and Ron Goldman. Although he was acquitted of the criminal charges, the civil suit became a financial nightmare. As in February 1997, a civil jury in Santa Monica found O.J. Simpson, the former football great, liable for the wrongful death of Ron Goldman. Simpson was ordered to pay a whopping $33.5 million to the Goldman family as a wrongful death settlement. Which is reported to be worth $70 million today due to interest. After additional high profile run ins with the law, OJ's once robust bank account has completely tanked somewhat. According to Money.com, OJ's net worth today could land between $250,000 to $3 million, which is obviously a fraction of what an NFL Hall of Famer decades after retirement could have been worth with sound financial and legal decisions. However, take this relatively low net worth figure with a grain of salt, since legend has it that O.J. owns offshore accounts that could be worth millions more. What's the lesson here? Don't get yourself involved in a high-profile murder case. Number four is another boxer with legendary status Mike Tyson. From winning streaks to raising tigers and driving exotic cars, iron my cat at all, including a taste of Holyfield. It's estimated that Tyson earned a combined four hundred million dollars throughout his career which according to Forbes is the equivalent of $685 million today, but after an unfortunate series of arrests, personal problems, and lavish spending, he lost most of it. In 2003, Tyson filed for bankruptcy, and it was revealed that he was $23 million in debt. By 2005, he retired and went straight to Hollywood. As of now, Mike seems to be in good shape and has been in comeback mode. According to Celebrity Net Worth, Tyson is worth ten million dollars today, so the lesson for Mike Tyson's story is that even when things look darkest, it is still possible to turn your financial life around and end well. Number three, Mark Brunel. If you think you spend too much money on takeout, imagine losing millions because of a fast food chain. Mark Brunel made his mark on the NFL by becoming a three-time pro bowler. Over his 18 year NFL career, it's estimated that Brunel made over $70 million and had a peak net worth of $50 million. But after a few, okay, many bad investments, like losing millions on real estate and failed business ventures, Brunel was barely keeping up. He filed for bankruptcy while still playing in the NFL, and to make matters worse, the icing on the cake was a $9 million loss from Texas burger chain Whataburger that he had invested in. So here's a lesson for you from Brunel's story if you have a demanding career, consider just putting your money into plain old-fashioned set-it-and-forget-it index funds. You're busy enough with your career, you probably don't have all that much time to truly research and vet one-off investments, so strongly consider just investing your money the passive way and watching it grow over over time. If you don't know what an index fund is, be sure to watch my Investing for Beginners video, link at the top of the screen and in the description below. Number two, Kurt Schilling. Schilling's story could send chills down any professional athlete's spine. After twenty years of a successful career in Major League Baseball, Schilling decided to go all-in on a top American pastime, video games. Before he retired, Schilling invested fifty million dollars to create his own video game company, Thirty-Eight Studios, which he believed would be the best video game company of all time. A couple years later, the company went under, and Schilling lost all. Of his $115 million fortune. As of today, it's estimated that Schilling's net worth is in the low seven figures. So, what are the lessons here? There are a couple. First one is specifically for those of you considering starting a business or who already have a business. Don't put all your eggs in that business. I can't tell you how many business owners I've seen as a CPA whose only real asset is their business. I mean, like any business owner, right? Like any entrepreneur, you have to be optimistic about your business. You want to see it grow, and you have you have a vision of of you know massive success down the line, maybe even a large exit or something like that. But think about it, your business could fail. Industries get disrupted every day, and having essentially all of your net worth wrapped up in a single business, even if it's your own, isn't too dissimilar from having all your net worth tied up in a single stock. Sure, you have more control of your own business, but the lessons I mentioned previously about diversifying your portfolio apply here as well. And thankfully the IRS has some pretty significant tax advantages for business owners who invest some of their business profits into other assets through accounts like SEP IRAs and solo 401Ks. Lesson number two from Shilling's Tale, just because you really enjoy doing something doesn't necessarily mean it's going to transfer into a successful business model. I'm not saying it can't, but consider yourself lucky if you find yourself with a successful business pertaining to something fun like video games, because more often than not, right, And we see this with a lot of people who start YouTube channels, betting on video games for all that you have doesn't always work out in your favor, unless you're PewDiePie. Alright, now we are at the number one dumbest athlete financially, and his name is, drumroll please, Lenny Dykstra. This list wouldn't be complete without Lenny Dykstra, who takes the cake by reportedly having a net worth of negative twenty-five million dollars. Of course that's according to CelebrityNetwork.com, which may or may not be completely accurate, but whatever Dykstra's net worth is, I think we can all agree it's abysmally low. So what's Lenny's story? Well, known as Nails in the baseball world, Dykstra made a name for himself by playing with reckless abandon, which foreshadowed his future finance situation. This three-time All-Star and one-time World Series champ is as financially troubled as an athlete can get. It all started with a DUI, which turned into drug use, Which turned into a domino effect of legal issues. Dykstra eventually retired from baseball at the age of 33, and then came the Players Club, Dykstra's business venture that was basically an all in one private jet rental, magazine, and financial service to retired professional athletes. Sounds super legit, I know. To nobody's surprise, the whole thing failed, and soon Dykstra found himself in classic legal trouble like fraud and good old Grand Theft Auto. Throughout the years, Dykstra had other business endeavors as well to try to make up for his financial troubles. I personally remember as a kid growing up in the Inland Empire, uh, which is an area east of Los Angeles here in Southern California, my dad and I would go to uh, Dykstra's car wash, Team Dykstra Car Wash. In 2008, Dykstra had an estimated $58 million in the bank but filed for bankruptcy the following year, listing less than $50,000 in assets. I think the lesson here we can learn is that one bad decision can snowball into a lifetime of pain. It all started with Lenny's stupid decision to drive while under the influence. And if you do that, you should go to hell. You really should. There was never an excuse for dunk trunk driving, and especially not these days. When, when in minutes, you, you can pull out your phone, call Lyft. By the way, I have my Lyft referral link in the description below. If you've never used Lyft before and you want to get $10 in ride credit when you sign up, use my link to download Lyft get yourself signed up so you don't end up like Lenny Dykstra. Bottom line folks, don't make dumb decisions, don't break the law, be smart about where you get your financial information, and diversify your portfolio. Speaking of your portfolio, if you'd like to learn more about investing, be sure to watch my investing for a beginner's video, it's right over here, and speaking of sports, if you'd like to learn how to make cold hard cash trading sports cards, check out the interview right down here. Where I have a conversation with somebody who is in fact making a full-time living with sports cars. I'll see you over in those videos everybody, bye-bye.